Just before I share God's word, I'd like to pray one more time. God, we just want to commit this time to you. We ask that you would help our hearts to be attentive, to hear your word. Anything that's of you, I pray that it would stick so closely to our hearts. Anything that is not, I pray that it would just fade away. So God, we just commit this message to you. I just pray that you give me the words as um, you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. How did I not see this before? Or how did I miss this until now? These are phrases that we use sometimes that when we see something that we've missed, that we don't know how it was like, it was so obvious. How did I miss it? We're kind of becoming like baffled that it's, it was there, just right there in black and white, and yet we missed it. Often it's with things that we know really, really well. Or at least we thought we knew them well. But all of a sudden, something a new door has been opened. Details we thought we knew everything of, and suddenly something new. And it becomes a light bulb moment, that aha moment. It's a further or a more complete understanding of that topic that we, we thought we knew everything of. It can be like finding that where that puzzle piece goes. You know, for those of you who do uh, puzzles and you love to do jigsaw puzzles and you're like, that one piece, it's not the completing piece, but it's that one that will further uh, help you get the rest of the puzzle done. And it's just that one, you can't find where it goes. And suddenly you find where it goes and it's like the whole puzzle comes together naturally after that. One experience for this I, that I've experienced that just, that's just really small, but for me it was eye-opening in the area of communion. Now with communion, I had always thought communion was just a time of reflection, a time of looking back. You know, look at the body of Christ being broken, the, the blood of Jesus being shed. And it was a time of looking back to what Jesus had done, a time to reflect in our own lives, a time to ask forgiveness. But it was always to look back. And then one day I seen just three simple words. It's until I come again, or until he comes again. Simple words that were profound to me in the fact that I now thought of communion as not only a time to look back, but a time to look forward when Christ would come again. What a glorious day. What a glorious thought to be reminding that we're not left here alone, but Jesus will come again. And it's just a simple thing, but it was very powerful for me to remember that. Three simple words. Words matter. Three simple words that change the meaning of communion for me. When I think about uh, missing things right in front of us, I think of the disciples that were on the road to Emmaus. And I'm going to be reading out of Luke chapter 24, uh, verses 13 to 37. So this is a long passage. So Luke 24, 13 to 37. So we want to um, buckle up and listen intently.
Now that same day, two of them were going to the village, a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with one another about everything that had happened. As they had talked, they discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. They asked, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth. They replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and in deed before God and all the thing and all the people, the chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. And in addition, some of the women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in this morning, but they didn't find the body. They came and told us what they had told us that they had had a vision of an angels of an angel who came excuse me who said he was, that Jesus was alive then some of our companions went to the tomb and found that it it was just as the women had said but they did not see Jesus he said to them how foolish you are how slow to believe all you are of all the prophets had spoken did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into glory? And, then, and beginning with Moses, all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village which they were, to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he broke bread and gave thanks. He began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Where were you? Were not our hearts burning within us when he, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned to the, to Jerusalem. They were found, they, there they found the eleven and those who were with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when, when he broke bread. While Jesus was still, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood up among them and said, Peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, they, thinking they had saw, saw a ghost. 
I know that's a long, long passage, but the idea, you know, you're thinking about these disciples, they're walking along and they're, they're talking about the things of God and the things that had happened. They were excited. You know, think about how freely their, the, the things of God were on their lips, that they were just continually talking about what had happened and then Jesus showed up. But they missed that it was Jesus. They didn't recognize him, most likely because he had been, he was glorified and there was something different about Jesus. But still, they, of all the people to recognize Jesus, his disciples should have. When he asked them what they were speaking of, they excitedly shared. And they're like, how can you miss this? This is like everywhere. What, what's wrong? Why, what, how can you have not seen this? Be-? And um, so they, they, this is their chance to share with Jesus fresh on their lips. You know, it's like the things that you are so passionate about, you want to share, you know, you, you want to share about the, you know, for some teens, it's like the latest technology that they've received. Or maybe it's, you know, it's this new car you've received or something that you're really excited about. You just can't help but share. For them, it was about Jesus. And as they walked and talked, eventually Jesus revealed uh, himself to them. And they were beyond themselves. I believe there are things that we can do in our own lives that we can catch on quicker to what God is trying to get through our thick skulls, as it were, um, to try the, the things that He wants to teach us, and the things that we uh, that sometimes we miss about God. So there's two things I I just want to talk about today, and first is we need to come without presuppositions. The idea of of having our mind up, just this is the way it is. We need to come with an open mind to things. I want to clarify further in a moment. In Psalms, in Psalm 119, verse 105. Your lamp, excuse me, your word is a lamp for my feet on my path. This simple verse, your word is a lamp for my feet on my path. Now, God's word is a light for our path that we would see more clearly in our day to day. You know, first of all, I would say it's important to be in the word of God because He brings clarity in our in a mixed up world that we live in. He brings so much clarity to our world. But when it comes to a lamp, if you hold the lamp up here, you you get you know other people can enjoy that lamp and and hear, feel the. The, see that light radiate a little bit out so they can see too. But sometimes when it comes to the lamp, we're looking for something specific and we come down closer and closer and closer. Now, if I'm walking like this in a, this was all dark and I have a little lamp here, I can see just barely in front of me, but it's not going to be ideal, right? We want to hold it up, clo- up higher and just the idea of it being more useful if we're up higher. It's fine, you know, you want to look down, you, you drop something, you bring down your lamp, you can find it down there. But for a time, we're not always spending so much time just down there. And if, um, it's always better to start up higher 
and then move down lower as you go. As you seek out what you want to search. In the same way, um, when we come to the Word of God, if we come looking to prove text, a passage, and we're always just diving into a specific verse or a passage, and we're not looking at the broader context, we miss out on so much of what the Word of God is saying to us. Often we, we, we want to just prove something. We, we, have, we come with specific beliefs, specific theologies, and we want to prove them. We want to be able to always have the, the proof for them. In God's Word, if we are trying to prove something we already believe, we'll miss out on so much of what God has for us. Just let the Word speak to us. Read it. And if you, you know what you believe, but if you come across something more, let it be a blessing to you. When we lose the presuppositions we have, it changes our lives. The disciples who followed Jesus, they followed Jesus with a presupposition. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but they believed they were so focused on the, the command and conquer um, Jesus, they, the Messiah that they see in the Old Testament, that they thought that Jesus was going to save them from the Romans. They didn't think about the fact that he was there to save them from their sins. But Jesus would save them from the Romans and they would, were jumping on this train and they were going full force. They missed so much of what Jesus said because of, of this. They were so focused on, we're going to take back Israel. And we're going to, the Romans will be knocked down and we will we'll live eternally with the Messiah. And so they missed some key things that what Jesus was saying. And you, we look at the, you know, what the disciples said, and sometimes they were, were going, how did they miss this? Like, Jesus was right there, and he said, I'm going to die. Oh, no, you're not going to die. You know, they, they even denied it to his face. And, you know, when it came to the fact when he was taken to the cross, it took them by surprise. All this that they had put their life into, what now? They were ready, they were convinced and ready to run with Jesus. And now he'd, he'd been killed. But when Jesus rose again, it changed everything. They went from militant to joyful. They had that aha moment. They, the light bulb went on and they remembered what Jesus had told them. It's like, how did they miss this until now? Our whole attitude changes when we look at the whole picture of what Jesus tells us. If we lose the presuppositions that we have, we don't have to argue to constantly prove our point. We can see that what others are saying, they might have a point to it. And I'm not saying just take everything. We want to take everything and measure against the word of God. But when we are in this constant with our back up against the wall, feeling that we have to argue what anyone says, we might miss out on a blessing. Our standard will always be the word of God. And we look 
constantly to what the Word of God says in what people share with us. And if we just don't accept everything that's said, we always want to measure against the Word of God. But we, we want to be willing to hear people out for what they have to say. The next thing to do besides uh, lose the presuppositions that we have is listen, listen, listen. Listening is always key for growth. And if we only listen to further what we think we know, we're kind of in a box, and it's a trap. We become, the box becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And you know what? Our God is so huge. I remember several years ago reading a, a box, a, a box, a book um, called Your, Your God is Too Small. And the idea that we limit what God, um, who God is by our beliefs, and we're not willing to listen to what other people say about God within the Christian context, and we're not willing to listen beyond the small presuppositions that we have. We need to go beyond that. Isaiah twenty-eight twenty-three. Isaiah twenty-eight twenty-three. Listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. Luke eleven twenty-eight. Jesus replied, "Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it." When we sit in the pews, you hear amazing messages. From Pastor Al, are you actually listening? Are you actually listening to what is being said? Because it's easy to hear what is being said, but to listen, are you interacting with the message? Do you take notes? Do you go back and review what's being said? You know, one of the wonderful things about our, uh, we have a YouTube service, and you can go back and watch that message again. And take more in. Maybe you missed stuff that he'd said before and you're like, oh wow, that's, that's really a great point that I missed before. You know, we, we need to go back and reread the, the word that has been shared. Just, is that what it, the passage that was preached from? Is that actually what it said? We trust our pastor, but we want to be digging in more. We don't want to just sit back and be this, Empty cup to be filled, but we want to engage. As the word is being shared each week, keep your Bible open and interact with the word as being as it's being preached. Pay attention. Go back and ask the questions. Ask questions of what was preached. Ask you know. Ask yourself like you look at that passage. Is this what it said? Why did why do I think that our pastor shared that? Go back to come back to Pastor Al and say, you know, I had questions to further. I want I'm curious about further learning about this area of. And I want to know where I can go to further understand this area, this topic that you're talk, speaking of. John fourteen twenty six.
But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And then in Ephesians 1, 18... I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you were called, the riches of his glorious inheritance of his holy people. The Holy Spirit gives us understanding to the word when we ask. The idea of, we talked earlier about the idea of a light and it, he gives us further understanding. He brings more light to what we had. To what, as we're reading it, sometimes the word gets really confusing, and we're like, I really don't get this at all. We need to stop and say, God, would you help me understand your word? Because sometimes we just won't understand it. Understanding what we read is important. Otherwise, we're not going to get too far. We're going to get to the point of, I don't want to read this anymore. This isn't relevant for me. We need to pay attention to what we are reading. But if we want a fuller understanding, we need to ask the Holy Spirit that he would give us that understanding of what we've read and what we are going to read. John sixteen, thirteen. But when he, the, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mindsets set on the flesh, the, the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The Holy Spirit directs us as we pray. And if we're willing to have the Spirit direct us, sometimes we're so caught up in our own lives that He can't direct us because our lives are full of our own stuff and we have to move our own stuff out before He can start directing us. The Spirit will lead us into truth, it says. But we need to listen. Again, in prayer, the Spirit will never contradict the Word of God. So, you know, we think, well, people hear these messages from God and they go out and do these things that are totally against what the Bible said. The Spirit of God will never direct us away from the truth of God's Word. How do we listen? Well, <laughs> you're listening right now, right? Um, but no, the best way to hear what is being said to you is to be quiet. If suddenly a bunch of youth came running out these doors and were like yelling and chattering and stuff, you'd be like, I can't hear what Pastor De Dave's saying. We need to be in a place that we quiet ourselves. Now you're saying, well, I, I do. I, I sit, you know, I'm in my car quietly or I'm in my um, house quietly and stuff. But we have so much going on in our mind that it's hard to actually be quiet before God. And there's times when we pray, 
how often do we sit before God and just listen to what he's saying? So often do we pray and we just talk, 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 God, and this person, and this person, and this person, and he wants to hear our prayers. But will we be quiet and engage him and just listen to what he is saying to us? As well, our lives are busy, that we just miss out on what's being said. And God shouldn't have to use this megaphone to get our attention. He just should have to have a still, quiet voice and share what he, is, what he wants us to hear. Our lives are filled with so much, so many messages that com- are competing with God's word. They're being pushed that we can't hear what hear God's spirit. We're, you know, for in our ho- house, you know, we have a, a TV on, we have a computer on. There's all sorts of messages push, being pushed, and not enough time to just sit and be quiet. You know, put down the phone, the iPad, the computer. Turn off the TV long enough to hear him. Listen intently. God, here I am. Speak. You know, there's the prophets in the Old Testament, that's what they would say. Here am I, O Lord, speak. What a prayer just to say that and not say, Oh God, you haven't spoken yet. Oh God, come on, I need you. Don't just be quiet before God. Listen intently. And then obey what is being said. If we if you we go and ask and we don't follow through with what he's called us to, then why would he keep talking? You know, our, our love for God is is connected to our obeying what he's called us to. John fourteen, fifteen says If you love me, keep my commandments. Pretty simple. You know, and finally, how do we listen if we keep continue to live in sin? The Bible tells us to not quench the Spirit. And if we're quenching the Spirit, if we're stopping Him from speaking by our sin, then we're missing out on what He has for us. If we live against what God wants, we won't be able to hear His voice. I believe that we are to be in a constant, deeper understanding of God's word. There's so much to be said in God's word. You know, in fact, like, I don't know if in our lifetime if we could know it all. And I think in in heaven, we're still going to be understanding God more. You know, I can remember one of my youth a few years ago saying, I've read through the Bible. Why would I need to do it again? This is an idea, with this idea, we'll miss out on what God has for us. We'll miss out on so much of it. So rather than the idea of being trying to complete this book, rather think of it, the Bible, don't read the Bible to get through it, but read the Bible until it gets through to you. I believe it was uh, Henry Ironsides who, when he became a Christian, he was being discipled and he was learning more about God. And then he decided to read the Bible, um, like the Bible cover to cover in a year. And he, every year he would take notes and he would find new things about 
yeah, that he had missed. And like, oh, and he, each time he'd be learning more and more and more. And then several years down the road, he's like, you know what? I want to read the Bible uh, one year every, like go through every day for a year and like have completely read. But I want to do it also a second time for all the years I missed because I think there's still so much to be read. And each year, each time he went through, he was going twice a year and he was still finding new things. We have so much to learn. Let's engage and let the word of God bless us. So in review, um, we need to stop, to stop missing what God has for us, what he has for us to learn. Don't bring presuppositions to the table. Let, go, let, let them go. Be willing to learn more. You know what you're, you've already believed? Maybe it's, it's all right, but maybe you can learn more than you've already learned. And second, listen, listen, and listen some more. I believe when we follow this, we will continually grow more and more and continually develop our relationship as it should be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your love and your care. God, we, we want to learn. We want to grow. We want to be the people that you called us to be. God, help us to be willing to learn and not so quick to say, oh, I've got it all together. God, help us to hear your voice clear, more clearly each day. Help us to understand your word. God, if we move into communion, I just pray that it would be a time of reflection of what you've done for us and a time of excitement to look forward to you coming again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.